0: You ever wonder why the people you manage at work just can't do the job like you want them to? It turns out that not all people are like you, and that is a good thing. Hey guys, and welcome back. Thank you for listening to the second episode of Relatively Normal. I'm your host, Mark Paisant. Today, we are going to talk about leading with anxiety. And what I mean by that is for people out there who have to lead groups, whether you're a coach, whether you're a manager, whether you're a supervisor, whether you're a project lead, sometimes it can be difficult to lead people when you're extremely anxious, or even to lead people when you're going through a bout of depression. So I wanted to talk a little bit about how I do it, how I have done it, how it has changed over the years, and possibly help you out if this is something you have to do on a daily basis. So I became a manager, I became a supervisor approximately eight, nine years ago, in the insurance world, and I had to take over a team that was remote. I had never met before. I didn't know the guys and girls that worked for me. And you can say I was extremely anxious, one, to get started, and two, to prove that I was a competent leader for this team. So, I must say this, the first thing I do in a professional setting for companies I work for is I talk to my immediate manager about my mental health. I let them know up front that I suffer from high-functioning depression and high-functioning anxiety. And the reason I tell them is because just in case I'm having one of those days where mentally I'm not there, mentally I need some help, mentally I need to be away from the workforce for that day, I don't want it to come up as a surprise for the people that manage me. So that used to be it. For me, that used to be it. I used to just tell the one immediate person about my mindset and keep it from everybody else. Now, as I've gotten older and matured in the roles, had more supervisory roles, had more project management roles, had more management roles, what I have done is I've started to open up to people who work for me and people who work with me. And the main reason I do this has nothing to do really with me. I do it because I know other people are going through the same thing and probably tackling the same issues in their head. Who do I tell? How do I tell them? Should I even say anything? And there's one other person that I usually tell, and that's HR. I'll tell my HR rep just so they know and they're aware. So now what I've done, and I'll get back to the first group that I I manage. but now what I do is I tell those under me what I go through. The reason I tell them is because... My anxiety, my brain's way of trying to make sure everything is correct so I don't have to look like a fool in some, instead of in front of somebody, because that's what my brain does. If I make one simple mistake on a project or on a presentation and somebody catches it, I feel like I am an embarrassment, I'm a fool. I've made the company look bad, and that is a sign of depression, anxiety, is when you go just off the edge for something so small so quickly. So when I review the work that my people have done, when I review the work that someone has given me to audit, I am very critical of it, and I tell And I'm very upfront. I tell them I'm very critical of it because that's how my brain works. I don't want you to feel bad that you made a mistake. I'm just pointing this out because if I were to do it, this would be a correction I would make. So the biggest thing I can say for those who leave with anxiety is to Set your expectations and goals concretely and up front. Nothing makes an anxious person more anxious than the unknown. And what I mean by that is a lot of anxious people, are, are they like to control everything. They like to be in control because that is their safe space. I know that if I do a... And then B, and then C, D will happen. However, if I have to do A and then jump to C, and hopefully B happens, and then that'll produce D, ooh, that just saying that phrase gives me anxiety. So that's the first thing I will say is to be, and th- honestly, we can say that's for all good leaders, that we should be concrete. And very clear and transparent and upfront in our expectations. Next, I will say this. Don't try to be a super employee. Don't try to fix every problem. And I know this is easier said than done. Like if I was talking to myself right now, I would laugh in my own face, but a good manager knows that they can't do the work of all the people they manage. Usually a good manager is a person who was in that position and did such a good job that they got promoted to lead others. So it is our responsibility to lead others to do a good job. If we decide to take over work and do work for people so it's right, we're doing a disservice to ourselves and doing a disservice to that person. Also, we're telling people that there is only this one way to do it right. We don't allow people to be themselves and to be individuals at work. So what our anxiety can do when it's forcing us to gain control over every situation, it's forcing us to do things a very, very precise and linear way. We are taking away from the creativity of of others around us and the people that we lead. So if our goal as leaders is to make sure people behind us can be in our position one day, it does them no good to keep them in a box and not let them flourish in their jobs. So when someone comes to me And has an idea for something. I never ever shoot down an idea initially. I don't care how wild and crazy it is. I never shoot it down. And the reason I don't do that is because. If I shoot somebody's idea down that they bring to me. I'm literally. Taking away a part of them. They have opened themselves up. They have become vulnerable. They have come to me and said, Mark, here's an idea that I have that can increase productivity, that could strengthen our processes. And if in my head, immediately I say, no, that won't work, I do that a couple times. Why would that person ever bring anything back to me? So, people with high anxiety, when Something different is brought to them. A lot of the time, they shoot it down because it's different. It's not their normal. It may force them to do something that they don't want to do. And so, what I do is I never ever say no to an idea the first time I hear it. If I hear it a second or third or fourth time and we progress in the idea and it turns out that it will not be viable or maybe it needs to be changed a little bit, then I'll help with that change. Or if we have to cut it, then we have to cut it. But my actions in saying yes to the idea and going along with it and helping somebody reach their potential I've not only helped myself, but I've helped that person. And I haven't allowed my anxiety to stop somebody from flourishing. Because we don't know what idea will take us to where we want to be. We don't know what idea will be the change that the company needs, that your team needs. So we should not, I won't speak for you, but I will not say no to an idea one of the biggest things that we should try to learn about our anxiety is that it doesn't have to control us it feels like it does my anxiety feels like it controls me a lot of the time but i have the power i have the strength i have the will to make my own decisions and not allow my anxiety to dictate how i lead people now I can be totally and brutally honest with people and tell them that I have a bad feeling about something, about something is just making me anxious at the moment. If I open up and say that something is making me feel a certain way and that's why I'm reacting, that can allow that person to help me see through what my anxiety is trying to block. So, For all the leaders out there, think of a time that someone opened themselves up to you and said, Hey boss, I got this great idea. What do you think? Think of the times you have shut that down immediately because you were unsure about it and how that person reacted. And think about those times that you accepted it. You said, let's go with it. Let's see where it can lead us and how much better your relationship with that employee was. So the final thing I want to talk about is the biggest thing to me. And I have had to work hard to get away from this type of thinking. And it's taken me a long time and I still have work to do on it. But at no point should one leader, especially a leader with anxiety, feel that they have to have every answer to every question. No one should ever feel like that. There are people in the world who believe they have every answer, to every question. But one thing that used to give me so much anxiety and keep me up at night, and I would think about it for days on end, is when someone would bring me an issue, a question that I did not know the answer to. Even today, when someone, I don't even have to lead them, when someone in my company sees me as a subject matter expert on something and brings a question to my attention, if I don't know that answer, it is hard for me to say, I don't know. I immediately feel obligated to that person to get that question answered. Do you have any idea how much pressure that puts on me. Do you have any idea? Every question that is asked to me, I think I have to have the answer. Now, I didn't say find the answer. I think I have to have it. This person came to me for a reason. And I don't have this answer. I let them down. I let the company down. I let my family down. I let my wife down. I let everybody down that I know. And yes, that seems outlandish. That seems like that shouldn't be the case, but that is how my brain works. So every day when someone asks me something that I don't know the answer to, I have to tell myself, and literally I have to tell myself out loud, you don't know, you don't have to know everything. But in the background, what I'll be doing is I'll be Googling it, I'll be looking at the, drive of the, the, the Google Drive of my company. I'll be looking at different resources to try and find this answer. And I'll be honest with you, it's twofold. One, my brain automatically tells me that you are obligated to find this answer. They came to you. You are on the hook. You have to find it. And two, my brain absolutely feeds on positive reinforcement. So once I find that answer and they say, Mark, thank you so much for finding that answer. I love that. But then what happens is that this person will come to me with another question or they will say, hey, if you need anything, contact Mark. If if he doesn't know the answer, he'll he'll find it for you. So what happens is that I think I've done the right thing by going out of my way to search for an answer that I maybe should have or maybe shouldn't have had in the first place. And I have taken time out of my workday and looked for an answer that I got. And now other people are going to start doing the same thing and expecting me to do the same things for them. That is tough. So one question that I did not have the answer to, that I scolded myself over not having the the answer to. I did everything I could to find it. And now I'm going to have to do it over and over and over again because people think that's what I do. So now when I start getting more and more questions, either from people who I lead or people who I don't lead, my brain is going to reinforce the fact that I have to know these answers. And if I don't know them, I'm a failure. And if I find them, I'm not a failure. But then someone else is going to ask me and I won't know and I'm a failure. So for people out there who are leading teams, I'm saying this to you right now. You don't have to know every answer. It is okay to say you don't know. The onus is on the person asking the question. It is not on you. Just because someone doesn't know something and then you don't know it doesn't mean you have to do their work for them. And me saying that out loud so I can hear it in my headphones is something I needed to hear today. So, those of you leading with anxiety know this. One, you're not alone. Two, you are good at what you do. Don't let your brain tell you otherwise. Three, three, Allow yourself to make mistakes and learn from them. The only bad mistake are those we don't learn from. Mistakes are common, they're normal, and you're allowed to make them. If you know somebody that's struggling with this, reach out to them. Let them know that you appreciate them and that you want to listen To them. So I just wanted to get this out there for all of you guys out there leading with anxiety. Believe me, I understand your pain. Thanks again for listening. You guys have a great day. Relatively Normal is written, produced, and edited by me, Mark Paisant. And if you or anybody you know is in crisis, please contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255.